Hello, hello. How's it going, everybody? This is Xerox Saigon for another Thorchain weekly live stream. We're joined this week by our friends at Nine Realms, Pluto, possibly Gavin, and one Chad Thoreau. How's it going, y'all? Hey, Saigon. Hey, how's it going? Great. Thanks for hosting again. Always a pleasure. We have, uh, this is, is that uh, Gavin? Yeah, it is. I think you've also got Pluto on here as well. And a few a few others might be joining from the Nine Realm side. Awesome. Um, let me see. I'll, what I'll do is I'll make you the co-host. So if you get any faces or names that you recognize, you can, um, you can invite them to speak. Um, and while we wait for people to trickle in, uh, chat, let's uh, can shoot the shit here a little bit. Chat, um, how's your week been? What's new for you, sir? Yeah, doing well on my end. Um, definitely a exciting, busy week. Feel like so much is going on in the Thorchain ecosystem, and uh, on a personal side, I feel like I've just gotten more involved. So it's been cool to just be busy with all of that and kind of seeing it all unfold. Awesome, glad to hear it. And yeah, same here. It's you know, it's cool to see. Uh, d- despite the uh, broader market right now, the uh, a lot of the the progress <laughs> and. The, the developments in the Thorchain ecosystem, um, you know, at the protocol level, everything that the core team and Nine Realms are doing, and then also the ecosystem level, just the progress of all the interfaces and everything. Um, and so, yeah, it's an exciting time for the Thorchain ecosystem here. Um, awesome. And, and Pluto, how's your, uh, how's your week going, sir? Yeah, pretty good. Busy week, just uh, wrapping up all the loose ends from the Doge implementation and also um terra live now on StageNet, so super exciting got that out early this morning um a couple bugs to work through but um yeah looking good on that side awesome yeah we're excited to hear more about that um let's see we got uh another friend from nine realms orion how are we doing sir morning everyone uh yeah doing well here uh super excited to uh to hop on and and chat with the community awesome appreciate you sir um let me make sure uh cal can you give us a thumbs up if if you got recording enabled i'm trying to fire it up on my end but for some reason i've got it going actually looks like i'm recording i'm recording uh as well yeah the, the twitter recordings don't actually let you like pull a download unfortunately so it's just for replay uh on on twitter so they kind of want to own the own the audio but we like to republish these later yeah. there there actually is a way i can i can walk you through it if, if you want but it's not very straightforward oh, really? okay. <laughs> Good to know. is it is it the nuclear option where you're like doing an entire data export from thorchain yeah y- yeah you have to export everything it takes like 24 hours and then you get like a zip file with all this data and you, and you can find it in there and then it's in a weird file format also so you have to convert it and all this stuff but it's a good backup just if anything ever yeah fails. i unfortunately know about that one and it's just like bothering the you know the Thorchain the person who started that this this account with that email address yeah. just like can't be bothered <laughs> to like send that file so um so we do we do like a, a client side uh, uh recording thank you chad for for being on that um yeah, no problem. But uh, awesome. No, so we have like a ton of great updates here. Um, and uh, just, I guess we can kick it off and we'll start with like a quick explanation. Like, so this is 
Um, the Thorchain Weekly live stream, we do these every Friday, and it's just a great time to get updates from uh, the protocol level, including uh, updates from uh, the core team, often Chad Bearford, uh, and um, and then the, our friends at Nine Realms, of course. And um, this week, we're hosted here by uh, myself, Xerox Saigon, Chad Thoreau, Familiar Cow has been helping a lot. Um, and then uh, we're joined by, of course, as, as always, our friends at Nine Realms. So let's give a quick round of introductions. Um, I guess, Chad, you want to go first, then we'll, we'll hit the, the Nine Realms crew. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm not on the core team or Nine Realms, but I am a avid community member of Thorchain, just a big fan for the past year or so and diving deeper and deeper. So doing my best to stay on top of what's going on and to translate as much of that as possible to the community just through Twitter and spaces. And also recently just started uh, helping out with some content on ThorSwap as well. So kind of just broadly trying to be a a sort of translator, if you will, and uh, spread the word of Thorchain. Spread the gospel, fight the good fight, sir. Yeah, <laughs> and um, exactly. Yeah, and uh, you, you and um, Miller Cow were hosting like just community hangouts on Twitter Spaces, and uh, and so when you know when I was organizing these live streams, I was like, you know, it'd be great to get to get you guys on on board, and and uh, and uh, and so it's been great to have you guys, uh, yeah, co-hosting these. So welcome, and thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Glad to do it. Um, and now for the Nine Realms crew, uh, Gavin, who who are you, sir? <laughs> uh, an instigator, chief instigator. <laughs> um, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody. Hopefully, folks in like all know Nine Realms. We've been an ecosystem participant and one of the core contributors, kind of over the last year here. And we've added a lot to both the core protocol, security posture, liquidity, and kind of everything doing with this network. Um, yeah, started this with with uh, Orion and Pluto last year, and we've been we've been jamming in the Thorchain ecosystem ever since. But we're just getting into some good stuff. Um, with that, I'll, I'll pass it over to Orion or Pluto. Cool. All right. Uh, who's going to go first? Uh, hey, everyone. Yeah, my name's Orion. I uh, play yeah. kind of a a glue role, um, helping to uh, support the ecosystem however I can. Um, that's a bit of dev work, a bit of uh, community outreach, and um, yeah, just connecting folks uh, so that everybody has the resources that they need. Super stoked to be here. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Mr. Pluto. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm Pluto. I've been um, working a lot in the... Um, uh, infrastructure and security and core protocol development, um, both you know for for Thorchain itself. So on the on the Thor node side, um, the node operations side, just node launcher and that kind of thing, um, and also more recently been um, maintaining and developing StageNet and added um, both the the Doge and um, and TerraChain clients. Are you guys hearing me okay? By the way, I'm on a bit of a, a foreign internet connection down under. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we got you. Yes, sir. Loud and clear, but everything right, you sweet. say goes counterclockwise as opposed to what we're listening to, which goes clockwise. <laughs> <laughs> some down under jokes, but anyway, uh, awesome. We got some fun stuff to cover here. I think we have some um, a list to work off of here. Thank you, uh, Chad and Orion, both for for. Um, sharing these talking points. Um, 
I think the uh, the biggest thing and, and most most uh, exciting for the for the past week was of course Doge, and um, and uh, and the launch of, of Doge on on mainnet. So um, yeah, this has this has like a meaningful impact on on you know Doge's utility uh, and, and what's possible with Doge. So um, oh, Ryan, you said like it changes the fundamentals of the asset, uh, which I love. Uh, you want to talk a bit about that and like what um what what do you mean by that? Sure. So this is kind of a um, a perspective that's been been echoed by other folks in the community, but Doge has been kind of a stranded uh, asset in terms of access to DeFi for forever. Uh, so by having a ThorChain integration, you know, Doge fans are able to earn Doge on their Doge. Um, and that is kind of the the central mission for for thorchain is providing you know you provide any asset and you can earn interest on that asset uh so this changes the kind of ability for doge uh, as an asset to grow uh in terms of its utility and super stoked to be able to provide that uh, via thorchain and uh yeah excited for the doge community to to learn about DeFi, get their feet uh wet and then you know explore the rest of uh kind of the rich landscape that DeFi has to offer Awesome. And, um, can you talk a bit about like, about the, um, about bringing it to, to mainnet, you know, like first stage net, then mainnet, like, um, I don't know if Orion or, or if this would be a better question for Pluto or Gavin, but, um, you know, what, it, what went well, is there anything that didn't go as planned? Uh, were there any surprises, uh, and how's the performance been so far? Uh, give us a bit of like the back end view. Yeah, I can, I can jump in and answer that. Um, so yeah, so you know, people have to keep in mind that with these sort of chain, new chain integrations, um, first of all, this is the first time we brought a chain into the live network. Every chain to up until you know this point was sort of um, included in the network um, in the genesis of multi-chain. Um, so really, this was the first time that we tried to bring. Um, a new chain into a live network. Um, and so there's a lot of steps there. If anyone was following the, uh, the GitLab issue I wrote up, um, you know, there's like probably something like 14 or 15 different technical steps. Um, and one of the biggest challenges is that, you know, anywhere along the way, um, if you find a bug or if there's, you know, any hiccups, um, this is not like a, a centralized infrastructure where, you know, I can just go in, um, you know, get push something and, and roll it out within five minutes. Like we have to be very sure of the code that we're releasing um, because, you know, if, if even just a minor patch is required, it takes um, multiple eyes on that from Thorsec to the core team to nine realms. Um, we need to, you know, put it through rigorous testing processes. Then we need to cut a release, announce it, and then it has to be adopted by all of the node operators so like even just to change something super simple, like how gas is calculated, um, you know, that's not a very straightforward process that can be just kind of, you know, pushed out um, as soon as it's found. So um, one of the other challenges is like, there's no substitute for like real, real volume, um, real users, real liquidity. Um, so there's always going to kind of be like rough patches um, at, at the beginning with these proto these protocol level launches. Um, so that was like kind of something that we uh, that we saw with Doge, um, like rolling it out to StageNet. You can add liquidity, you can swap, 
um, it churns, um, it funds Yggdrasil vaults, like all the check, all the check boxes, you know, were hit. Um, but then like between the time that we, uh, basically came up with the, the gas, um, sort of like the gas scheme, um, which just for a little bit of background context, like Dogecoin, um, issued official guidance saying, that you know they would use that miners should use fixed fees of 0.02 doge um and you know that's all good and well when there's very little activity on dogecoin which has you know been the case um from from just like from a technical standpoint there's very little activity on dogecoin so like the idea of using fixed fees works well um until elon musk decides to to tweet um you know uh, now we can buy tesla merch using dogecoin and you know volumes 100x and then so you know even though there was this official guidance from the doge team that's saying like you know you can use fixed fees now all of a sudden um that assumption goes out the window with with these volumes um so you know we we realized um okay this thing is live right now but um you know already one assumption is being challenged and so that kind of brings up a um a difficult decision as to whether you know, whether we halt the launch and try to, um, you know, uh, walk that back and, and push out a patch and then relaunch, which has a bunch of other downstream implications in terms of our marketing efforts, our communication strategy. Um, so really, like, you know, we knew that this, <laughs> that things weren't going to go smoothly. And of, of course, they didn't. And we were able to course correct on that. Um, and ultimately, we, we just decided to keep moving forward because, um, you know, we figured it would be less disruptive um, to just let some transactions hang out in the mempool for a bit longer if they, you know, were using the fixed gas and there was there was a lot of transaction volume versus like, you know, halting the entire integration and like, you know, notifying our partners at ThorSwap and them notifying the different, um, you know, notifying Cointelegraph that it wouldn't be going live, right? So it's like there, there's there's a ton of difficulty, not only just on the, on the um, technical side of like launching a new chain into a live network without any sort of, you know, um, delays or, or issues, but then also like trying to, you know, this is the first time that we tried to line up, um, you know, press and like external communications and outreach to communities outside of ThorChain. Um, so, you know, it was a new approach in that regard. Like we tried to kind of time things. And the learning lesson there is that like it's almost impossible to time all of these components together in a you know in a hot environment um, that's you know basically we don't have full control over because it's completely decentralized. Um, so yeah, just a ton of learning opportunities and a ton of um, um, learnings that will we will apply to the uh, the Luna launch. So in a way, Doge was a was a perfect first candidate for um, you know this this type of um you know integration because it's a it's just a utx it's a fork of bitcoin so it's just another utxo chain so from a technical perspective it's it's a bit easier than like a brand new paradigm like a, a cosmos or um byzantine fault tolerant uh chain but um you know we, we also tried something radically new from a from a from a launch and rollout perspective just on comms and, and marketing and so that also had its fair share of uh you know, hiccups and, and it's just a new level of coordination that we're, that we're trying to bring to the ecosystem. And, um, and yeah, we, we, we have a lot to learn from, um, the, uh, and apply to the, the Luna launch, but, uh, but overall I'd say like eight, eight or nine out of 10 on, on the launch and everyone, you know, everyone from the X chain team, Thorswap, 
uh, Asgard X, Core Team, Nine Realms, like everyone kind of worked in unison to work through all of these issues as they arise. Um, and, you know, as a result, we, we had a successful launch of Doge. And so, uh, yeah, really proud of that. And one thing to like to throw on the heels of what Pluto is saying is, you know, if you think about the conversations that were happening at the end of last year in November and December about, you know, the groundwork and things like that, like all everything that, that Pluto and, and Orion are sharing and talking through is this is all starting to pay dividends, right? Because on the heels of this, we'll talk about Terra and things, but this is all starting to use the new rails and infrastructure for on-ramping new ecosystems. Um, so it's like patience sometimes pays off, but groundwork always always speaks for itself. So uh, Pluto, on that on that gas issue you you mentioned, is that what caused the uh, the price and the pool depth to be a bit wonky at the beginning, or was that um, something separate that was going on? No, that was actually something different. Um, so yeah, that that's another that's another issue. Um, basically, uh, I wanted to be clever and essentially use the halt trading flag, but have the pause LP Doge flag um, disabled to allow people to um, deposit and withdraw liquidity without actually opening up the pool for trading. Uh, and the reason for that is like, we, so like, here, here's another thing with like the comms, right? We don't want to like, like there, there, there shouldn't be like two general phases during a launch, like phase one, which is like, or like, let's say three phases, like phase one is just getting the actual pool live from like a protocol level. And there's tons of steps of that. You have to like push Bifrost changes, enable configurations, push out chain daemon infrastructure to node operators, all of that before you even like, you know, get the code running in Thornode. Then once the code is running in Thornode, you need to churn the network um, and that creates the vault. And then from there, you can, add, you can create the pool and see the liquidity. Um, so what we wanted to do is basically allow people to within the Thorchain community and from Nine Realms and from you know from our different liquidity partners to be able to actually see liquidity before actually turning the pool on, um, and then from there we don't want to like start blasting out. Um, actually, sorry, phase one is just like the like the, the 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 prep the core protocol. Um, getting that up and running. Phase two is like seeding liquidity. And then phase three is actually like going in like, um, you know, like like messaging to those external communities. Like, so talking, you know, and reaching out to the Doge community, reaching out to the Terra community. We, I, I, I kind of wanted us to like make sure, and I, I know that, you know, a lot of other teams as well that we're like focusing on um, the communications. Like we wanted to make sure that there was enough meaningful liquidity one to two million dollars at least in Doge depth before, um, you know, essentially that Coin Telegraph article went live because the last thing you want is for people to show up and try to make a swap and like get a really bad slippage on it. It's just not a good look, right? It's like, well, why would I use this? So, you know, we had that kind of opportunity to convert all these inbound, um, you, you know, users into Thor Chads. So we really wanted to make sure we made the best of that. Um, so yeah, basically, it was trying to do something. Um, clever there where like we could keep the the trading halted but um, allow LP but it turns out that if trading is halted you also cannot LP so there's a bit of confusion around like the naming of those Mimir constants um, and so what we actually did was unhalt trading then try to seed the pool um, and then rehalt trading so that um, people could continue to add liquidity 
Um, so that was all actually wrong. That wouldn't have act, that wouldn't have actually allowed that in the first place. But um, where we really screwed up was that um, uh, by halting trading again after putting in the initial uh, slug of of liquidity with the the treasury's uh, slug of like a million dollars with Doge. Um, Basically, Bifrost entered uh, confirmation counting mode. And so by the time it went to go um, add that, uh, the Doge side of the liquidity, um, the, the uh, halt trading flag had been re-enabled, which then, you know, Thornode says, nope, trading's halted, can't add this liquidity, let's refund it. Um, and then so what happens is um, now that Doge is actually split between the two Asgard vaults, and so neither one of those vaults have enough um, Doge to actually refund the large slug. So that's kind of stuck. Um, and so that was what necessitated the treasury having to acquire more Doge um, and then basically deposit that so that it could get refunded the initial slug and then put that back into the pool. Um, but because one side had been added, but the other side had been refunded, uh, we ended up in a, in a state where uh, essentially the pools were imbalanced, causing the Doge price to be a lot higher. Uh, and unfortunately, um, somebody took uh, advantage of that arbitrage opportunity um, and was able to extract, like, I think 36,000 US worth of, um, I guess, worth of rune, right? Because, yeah, they were able to extract um, $36,000 worth of rune from the pool um, at the Treasury's expense. So, yeah, that's just, that's just um, goes to show, like, you know, we need to have um, better run books, but honestly, more simple processes. Like, in the future, we're not going to be trying to do anything fancy. Um, and, you know, there, there's just some things we need to fix to clarify the meanings and operations of like those different halt flags. Um, but yeah, like, like this just, you know, this just goes to show like we should just keep it as simple as possible um, when we launch these tokens and, and um, basically not try to do anything fancy there. Awesome. Yeah. Good to know. And so, um, you know, that, that leads to a question that Chad had written on our outline here, but like, you know, thoughts on the new chain playbook for upcoming integrations. Um, and so, um, like that's one of the key learnings from, from this, uh, which is great. And, um, and that playbook is, is, uh, important because, you know, by the end of the year, I mean, Chad had mentioned numbers in terms of like how many chain integrations are possible by the end of 2022. And, you know, it could look like, uh, as high as 20, possibly, but uh, most imminent would be Luna, which is currently live in StageNet. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, I think this is a huge, I mean, I think especially given how how kindred of communities there are between ThorChain and Terra, um, I think most most people that are on this call can, you know, know this about, about the, the, the ThorChain and the, and the Terra communities. Um, this is pr- like one of the like most hotly anticipated features of uh, coming to ThorChain. Um, would someone, I don't know who, who would be the right uh, person to, to feel this from your end, uh, from the nine realms end, but like talking about like where Terra is on StageNet and, um, and yeah, what we have to look forward to here over the next weeks or possibly months, like uh, what sort of timeline do we have to look forward to? Sure. Yeah, I can answer that one too. Um, yeah, it's funny. I wasn't actually planning to talk about the, uh, about Luna today. And, and it's, it's funny because like, you know, I mean, I mean, StageNet is, is, uh, StageNet is a, is an environment that we control and, and we have been using to, um, 
to test these new chain integrations. But, uh, <laughs> you know, people, it seems like people are kind of pretty much monitoring StagesNet 24 hours a day at this point and, and tweeting things out, um, you know, um, just like as soon as they are, start to see things. So, yeah, indeed, today uh, I did ship the uh, Terra client into the the Bifrost um, running on the active node StageNet. Um, I, I, I churned the vaults and then created the L1 pool and added a bit of uh, Luna into it. Uh, and immediately found like three bugs. So I've just been working through those today. Um, but yeah, so like, like Luna, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing like at some point today, I'll be able to do a, a, a swap on stage net of, of real L1 Luna. Um, once those bugs get sorted out. Um, but you know, that's, that's literally just like a proof of concept code, which is really just like the bare minimum to demonstrate that, like, think of it like a proof of concept, like, we're able to demonstrate that we can, you know, um, use uh, like a Cosmos chain, like Terra, to be able to to swap on Thor. So, able to demonstrate that, you know, sometime today, hopefully, uh, would be a nice like achievement going into the weekend. Um, but there's still like a ton of other things that need to happen before we can actually consider. Um, you know, Terra ready for uh, even remotely ready for ChaosNet. So. Uh, one of those being, you know, thorough reviews by the core devs and Thorsec. Um, one of those being, you know, I, there's literally no, I mean, you guys, anyone can look at the, the branch right now. It's Cosmos Terra client on Thornode. And um, there's like, there's absolutely no integration tests, no unit tests. Um, so we, have, we obviously have to write, um, you know, a full battery of test suites for the new Cosmos chains. Um, the nice thing about that is that all of this logic, like I've been writing all of this logic to be super generic. So the tests, the, um, um, and, and, and all that should just be like a complete copy paste. Uh, we should just have like, you know, and this is something like more widely, like we're trying to have like generic test suites, um, instead of just for like a specific chain, um, for a type of chain, right? So like BFT chains or Cosmos will have their own smoke tests that can run against any implementation of Cosmos. Um, and you know uh, the the uh, sorry the um, uh, what's it is uh, like like Bitcoin sorry uh, like proof of work Bitcoin chains will have um, their own their own set of tests as well that can run against like any of those uh, UTXO chains like uh, Bitcoin Cash Bitcoin um, etc. So yeah, I mean like one of the things that we're going to be doing is like getting a lot more um, rigor around um, around testing and like just the, the, the go live um, procedures for, for rolling out new chains. Uh, and so that kind of all needs to happen before we launch this. Um, but yeah, so just like, like just from a development standpoint, um, I think the two biggest things are testing and security reviews. Um, I don't really expect the, the testing stuff to take like more than a few days to whip up, but um, the security reviews is kind of like, I, I can't really give an estimate on that. Um, but yeah, Thorsec is an always on full-time team dedicated to uh, Thor node security and, and vulnerability analysis. So I, I should expect them to be able to turn it around pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, if I had to give a conservative estimate, I'd say we're still about a month out from Luna going or Terra going live on, um, on ChaosNet. 
Amazing. And then there's also, of course, there's also the, the, you know, the actual launch plan, um, which uh, I'm sure others can speak to, but, um, you know, we're going to identify different launch partners, um, you know, wallet integrations, UIs and, and, um, you know, communications, marketing, and also the, uh, like sort of that day one or launch liquidity will be lined up by nine realms and other teams. Well, um, so yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's just a ton of moving parts in bringing these chains online. And, um, you know, we, we really want to decouple that from like the actual protocol development. Um, so while the protocol may be, you know, considered, you know, feature complete and we might have a release candidate, um, it will, it'll probably take us a few weeks to, um, to make sure that all the, uh, all the other parts are, 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 you know, uh, you know, moving and, and working together and that we have a, a detailed run book so that we can, you know, avoid any of those, um, any hiccups that we might've seen on, on the Doge launch, for example. Yeah. Amazing. And, uh, just to kind of zoom out for a second and highlight the importance of this for the, the lunatics listening in is, uh, you know, th- th- this is the first decentralized stable coin coming to ThorChain. And this has like such broader implications than, you know, it doesn't just mean, oh, like, Luna's on another chain now. Like, no, this actually means that everything that's integrated with Thorchain is now accessible to the Terra community, which has such crazy implications. I mean, that means the first time you can you'll be able to buy Bitcoin with UST, or you can enter into Luna through all these other various chains. So it's gonna just allow so much crazy composability and crazy uh DeFi stuff in the future with ThorFi. So this is on a personal level, the probably the integration I've been the most excited about for for such a long time, and it's just going to have major implications on on both ecosystems um, and even just DeFi as a whole. Because now that's a way to uh, go from you know if you have other stable coins, like now you can decentralized swap to UST. Um, you know, if you're if you're all in on the Luna ecosystem and you uh, have UST and you use that in your daily life, well, you could swap that to another stable to cash out if you're on Coinbase or something like that. Like, there's so many use cases that emerge from this. So it's just uh, very exciting. And it, so it sounds like um, it, it sounds like we're really close to the stage where like the community could start banging on it so if i'm if i'm hearing correctly like what maybe even did you say later today or within a couple days like people could actually be on stage net kind of banging around yeah for sure i think um i think later today hopefully if i can get some some of these issues sorted out but um but yeah like it's like that it, yes we will be able to um, well, it's, it's interesting too since they're already enabled on stage net so people could already start doing like synthetic um, trading. I don't know why you'd want to use since with, uh, with, with Terra because it is instant finality. Um, and the fees are really cheap. Um, yeah. So I'm just kind of thinking like, what are the different like combinations of like four five features that like Terra, uh, that would be interesting for Terra and like how people could start being on those in, in stage net. Um, but we are also going to start the, um, the Thor games, um, for since as well in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, over the next couple of weeks, like we'll be inviting a large, um, like basically the entire community to not only start banging on, um, you know, uh, Terra and, um, and, you know, Luna UST on stage net, uh, but also since, um, and also there's, you know, DeFi spot has, has been working to, 
um, integrate Terra Station into into their UI so people can start testing out the wallet integrations and making sure those all work properly. Um, so, you know, at first it'll just be like, let's just make sure that like the protocol works and that you can like add and remove, um, you know, liquidity from the Terra chain onto to the Thor chain. Um, but then also from there, um, you know, do all of the UIs integration and, and, and well integrations and does like the, like does the UX work and is it suitable? Like, to the Luna ecosystem, how do they find that experience? And does it kind of level with their expectations? And we can kind of start this feedback process um, and, and we can start making you know, adjust, adjustments accordingly. So it basically the, the goal is pretty much to, to just use StageNet to, uh, as, a, as a basically a user acceptance testing. Um, and, and if anybody you know, is able to identify any issues, we can get those patched. So that you know, launch is, is effectively just like flipping a switch, and and everyone already knows what to expect. Cool, sounds great. Um, one other topic that maybe we could just do relatively quickly is um, another pool went live, which is WBTC, and that kind of went under the radar a little bit. Um, it is just actually you know, uh, before before we jump to that, I think you mentioned one thing that was really interesting, and that was. Um, it was basically like like the bridge between different ecosystems and uh, the Terra ecosystem using Thorchain. Um, that that I think highlights a really interesting um, um, kind of like ecosystem that we're starting to, or not ecosystem, but just kind of like feature set that we're starting to experiment with. Um, and that's the uh, the Dex aggregators. Um, so actually, like the Dex aggregators are a way to um, wrap any like other like you know ETH DeFi ecosystem contracts, um, and then use those to basically um, provide uh, liquidity via via Thorchain into any of the L ones that that um, that that Thorchain offers. Um, so so I think what the what the what sort of like the 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 multiplying effect of this is is not just like use. Terra station to like deposit your Terra to earn yield on Thorchain. Well, that's amazing. Like there's already other apps for earning liquidity um, on on Terra today. But I think what what like what's even bigger is like um, people in the ETH ecosystem could potentially use like one inch or Susi swap or Uniswap to swap ETH or or any. ETH ERC twenty um, coin for which there's like a continuous liquidity pool on those dexes on the ETH ecosystem. They could literally we could use a, a wrapped contract um, and then they essentially forward liquidity through Thorchain into the Terra ecosystem. So I think that's probably like one of the biggest innovations. Like all of these things are coming together. Where say like I'm like a um, like an ETH maxi, but I I, I just I can now use um, you know, uh, die or whatever. I can go through the die pool on uh, Uniswap into ETH, and then uh, and then the Dex aggregator will basically use um, Thorchain to swap that to like UST under the hood. So you could literally do die to UST with a single transaction um, on on Uniswap, and I think that's like probably one of like the coolest things that's getting lined up. So um, yeah, just wanted to kind of like. Like you'll hear more about Dex aggregators moving forward, but that's 
that's just, that's pretty much going to be like a user facing feature that most users have no idea that they're even using like in 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 very soon maybe like uh, almost like maybe I, mean, I don't want to give timelines but like in 2022 you will be able to go on to major uh eth defi ecosystems and swap directly to btc or directly to terra or directly to any chain using thorchain as a backend and not even know that you're using thorchain um same thing with wallet integrations like you'll be able to just go onto your trust wallet and swap directly from real l1 terra to real l1 btc and you don't as a user even need to know that thorchain is being used in the background um and so that's like that i think is like one of the most important things for this ecosystem going forward yeah i want to like i want to hammer on that the the aggregator pattern is one of the most important uh interfaces for the ecosystem that is not working in our interactive so we're talking about uh, gavin your audio hey gavin oh is that any anything better you're good yeah Okay, sorry. That was my finger. Yeah. Um, the aggregator pattern, though, as far as an interface to use Thorchain as an asset backbone to what Pluto was saying, is re- is it's one of the most important things that has been kind of rolled out at like the at the non-protocol level. I think since inception, we were talking with uh, with I won't name the protocol, well, but we've been talking with a couple of of, of ETH-centric protocols because you can start to use something like a you could go from like you could go from native Bitcoin into some staked yield bearing product in an entirely different ecosystem. And you can probably imagine some of the protocols that would use that. But as Pluto was saying, and we can do all this behind the scenes. So users show up and they use, you know, whatever wallet they're using, but behind the scenes, Thorchain becomes the rails to make a lot of this stuff that's today, like just, it's just impossible, uh, possible. And so as we connect Terra in this next piece, um, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of good stuff that you can do between going from, you know, some of these ecosystems from point A to point B and you go from you know a native asset into something into a yield bearing, uh, you know a yield bearing vault on the other side. And how else do you do that today? You can't. Um, so there's a really there's a lot of good stuff coming down the pipe from the aggregator pattern. But if you guys haven't checked it out, that's an open uh, it's an open uh, item on GitLab. Highly recommend reading it. Yeah, I'm glad you guys brought that one up. Uh, I think totally we're going into aggregator season. I feel it. This is one of the things I'm the most excited about, and it's just gonna make the DEX a true DEX in the definition of kind of what it was always meant to be. And and not only just the assets that are pooled directly on Thorchain, but with these, with like the ETH contract uh, routing and then, or, you know, going through CW20s on Astroport or something like that. And, and just to kind of uh, clarify one thing is with this, this, that'll mean just signing a single transaction, correct? Bingo. Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. So you don't have these multi-step hops you just you right. to go and everything is taken care of behind the scenes yeah so i think that is why this feature is so crucial is because for these front ends to make it simplified uh kind of has to be like that or else you're going to be you know having to understand exactly the path that this crazy route is taking and having to approve things and then something goes wrong and it gets stuck halfway there and then you don't even know what you're dealing with whereas with this it'll just be extremely simple and um and it'll become very invisible you know all these different platforms will just they'll they'll they'll, honestly they'll have to kind of um to integrate something like this or else they'll fall behind you know um like if you're a major dex with a lot of traffic and then some other aggregator can do a lot more routes than you well that's such a disadvantage that um, it's hard to imagine that this won't just kind of be ubiquitous. Yeah. And if we, and if we're like, 
if we knock a couple things down over the next few weeks, we should have some um, some go to market partners that are that are yeah they just kind of showcase the various uh, the various potentials of this of this pattern, um, which would be really nice. What's uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but what also sounds exciting about this to me is that a lot of times you know we think about um, Thorchain enabling like exchange like a, as a decentralized exchange protocol and it enables decentralized exchange. But really, I mean, what you mentioned here, like for example, an ETH DeFi project that's gonna uh, that through a Thorchain integration on the back end um, enable users to go from like native Bitcoin into an ETH DeFi protocol. Um, it it's bringing a swapping function to a place where you normally wouldn't have thought of it as like a like a an ex, like an exchange um, kind of like an exchange interface. Like this is kind of like how Uber expanded like the the market cap for or the potential market for ride sharing beyond just taxis. Like um, you know, Thor, Thorchain swap functions can be implemented all all over the place outside of like a Thor swap or a DeFi spot. But now in the you know bringing, for example, like a native Bitcoin into an ETH DeFi protocol, you wouldn't have necessarily thought that to be a function of an exchange necessarily. Yeah, it might just have one button. It might just say deposit mm-hmm. Bitcoin and here's an APY. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they can do anything they want, right? Because you can you convert that into into almost anything on the other end, whether whatever ecosystem you're going to. Yeah, uh, super exciting. And, and um, it's just part of the power of like just being the liquidity protocol that underpins um, first swaps and then all sorts of other um, DeFi features uh, in, in, in some timeline. Um, hey, real quick, I want to go. I want to hit on what Chad was saying, though, um, on the WBTC side. So mm-hmm. I'd like the big thing about that that we wanted to like just make sure like the only way out in size in from WBTC today is through a custodian. And so one of the trades that <clears throat> makes a boatload of sense for folks to start running is now you can go from your wrapped Bitcoin out to native Bitcoin. And this is the first time you can do that at scale. I mean, if you just Google like how to unwrap your Bitcoin, like you get a lot of articles about how to go from one one form of WBTC to RenBTC or something else, and you get all these wrapped variants. Um, but in this case, now you have actually have the first off ramp to to just avoid you know some centralized authority. And in my book, that's a huge trade. Um, so, anyways, getting that pool alive, getting getting a few million in there to seed liquidity um, is a really great step. But in terms of propagating this message, this really is the first time. I mean, just. Google around, figure it out, and, and take a look at what your other options are. And there's effectively none. So this is a this is a yeah this is a big one. Yeah, I think it flew under the the radar a bit, but it does have such a strong implication and and ties in so nicely with the, the Thorchain ethos of you know this is allowing you to kind of get out of that wrapped asset. Um, I thought I just had maybe real quick is um, like is is there any kind of concern of having all of this WBTC like wrapped up? Like any thoughts on the long-term sort of security of, of that? No comment from the security side. I mean, the, the folks that are involved with that, I mean, BitGo um, and the, and the collective that are involved with that, they're all, they're all really solid partners. You know what I mean? Um, So, you know, WBTC is what it is. Um, But I guess the, the important thing is like in the case of like, you know, not your keys, not yours, this now gives folks a way to, exit the you know the the flexible version of of DeFi native bitcoin that allows them to you know go earn yield things like that aside of you know thorchain's native bitcoin pools um but but that off-ramp i think is a is an important piece for the ecosystem and it just hasn't existed until now and so 
um, yeah, so I mean, it kind of flew under the radar, like we said, with uh, with all the releases, and it's it's pretty easy to miss a pool going live. But this is a this is a big step forward for the Bitcoin ecosystem to have that type of an off ramp into native without having to go through a gatekeeper. Yeah, I mean, you, you can almost envision this as like um, uh, different different uh, like routes connecting like a city like to new cities. You know, like it's it's expanding like the the possible paths. Um, between all these disparate islands that were before you know, just centralized and, and trusted bridges or custodians. Um, and uh, whether it's Dogecoin, Luna, now Rap Bitcoin, um, it's just like, fundamentally changing um, like the on-ramps and off-ramps in these different ecosystems. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, another topic we have here is on, on Sense. Um, we have... Uh, uh, the Thor Games um, is a concept that's been talked about. Um, it's, uh, it's another initiative among many that, that Nine Realms is driving forward. Um, can you guys talk a bit about, uh, like, again, like an overview of like what is what is uh, Thor Games uh, in the context of uh, hammering on synths and and uh, where are we on, on that testing? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take this one. So, so the idea with Thor Games is to have an event that can focus the community around. Uh, testing a particular feature that we want to um, make sure that we can can understand all the edge cases for. And kind of echoing what Pluto was saying earlier, there's no substitute for uh, you know using real assets and making sure that everything functions the way that we would expect. So the idea with the Thor games for synths is that we'll have a, a week-long program with some different um, rewards for folks that can, you know, get uh, get synths to, you know, perform in a way that we weren't expecting and, um, and then surface all of that through a, um, kind of responsible disclosure pattern. And the, the idea with all of this is like synths are an, a really critical, uh, kind of building block for Thorify, um, that will be developed throughout the year. And so we, it's since have been in the code base for, uh, you know, a long time, I think over a year or 10 months or something like that. And so, you know, at this point, we want to uh, kind of push that in parallel with all of these other things that we're working on, you know, so that we can make sure that synths are are battle tested and and rock solid, so that then the Thorfy design can be built on something that's super stable. And um, yeah, so that's kind of the the premise there. And then what what will happen here is we're working with a broker to kind of uh, facilitate the uh, Thor games. And then um, we'll, we'll have another kind of announcement and launch with all of this uh, so that folks can, can participate and learn, learn how to, um, to submit things and, and do trades and stuff like that. And then, um, and then we'll start to kind of surface uh, things that we, we discover. And then there will, there will likely be a slew of, um, you know, fixes and patches uh, and then we'll probably do you know a second round of thor games uh on synths uh just just using kind of the time that we have right now to get more and more people involved in helping us you know make this super rock solid um the other thing that is a really cool development is is by leveraging StageNet. you know we're able to to do all of this with real assets um but because you know we have some control over StageNet, we can keep you know, pools very shallow. And then that allows us to kind of kind of put the network into weird states that, you know, we we just wouldn't be able to do with with much deeper pools um, so that we can test all of these little edge cases and um, 
the way that I've been thinking about this is that we have kind of this uh, set of parameters in the network and we can kind of kind of visualize that as a big surface. And we want to see, you know, where are the edges of uh, that are like risky states that we can get the network in and make sure that we have guards in place in order to protect that um, against those. So that's kind of the high level overview. Uh, more information will come, you know, over the next week or two. Um, but yeah, that's what we're working for. And uh, we'll have a have a uh, event to kind of announce that talk through all of it an AMA with broker and then um, yeah, the the uh, flag will be lifted and folks can can run in there and try to try to shake things up. Awesome. And uh, one subject uh, you had on the list here, Orion, uh, node Mamir voting and economic policy. Uh, I believe we got into this a bit last week, but was there anything new to add here or um, something we should cover? Yeah, I think, well, just one thing I wanted to point out is that you know, now validator nodes have the capacity to vote on uh, Mimir settings uh, that, you know, affect the economics of the network and just network behavior. Um, this is, you know, this is a really powerful uh, part of our kind of mission towards decentralization. And um, it's been interesting to see the various discussions uh, around, you know, like what should the network be prioritizing? And then, you know, there's been a lot of discussions around these things, but then it's also interesting to see like, well, what is the sentiment of the validator node operators and, you know, where are they, uh, where are they casting votes kind of explicitly by setting a, a Mimir value or um, where are they kind of, you know, showing their choice just by not voting at all. Um, so it's just been an interesting thing in the, in the community to observe. Um, and I, yeah, I'd encourage more and more folks to, to get involved with the discussion. Um, there's certainly a lot of trade-offs around kind of short-term, um, short-term behavior versus long-term behavior. And, um, you know, what does that mean for both pool, uh, APYs and, uh, kind of node operator APYs. So there's a lot to balance there. Um, and I think, you know, as a community, the discussion has been really healthy. Awesome. Um, so let's do this. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're coming close on time here. We can take uh, requests from anybody that wants to come up on stage. Um, if you have a question or uh, want to say anything, feel free to hit the request button. Um, and while we wait for those to trickle in, um, Nine Realms crew, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on uh, that we didn't cover yet? Yeah, I have one more thing. Um, so over the past couple of weeks, I've been working with, you know, a, a variety of ecosystem uh, projects to uh, just to check in with everybody and make sure that uh, everybody has the resources that they need going into Q1. Um, if if you're an ecosystem project and haven't um, had an opportunity to reach out, you know, feel free to shoot me a DM. Um, and the the main kind of focus right now has been, you know, if you're seeking treasury support, what we're really looking for uh, is, you know, how are you uh, kind of hitting along three dimensions? One is a uh, node bond and uh, kind of the security budget or kind of security deposit deposit of the network. Um, the other is like, how are you driving pool depth? Um, and the other is, you know, how is your project uh, driving a swap volume? Um, and that's kind of how we're starting to evaluate, uh, you know, the different ecosystem projects that are looking for treasury funding. Um, but happy to discuss that more, you know, with people via DMs or, or, uh, uh, or other. 
Awesome. Yeah, we had our uh, our call er- earlier this week on behalf of uh, RuneBase, and um, looking forward to, to supporting Dorchain across those three initiatives uh, as we go on. But um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, just another another uh, line on that. You know, it, what I said just sounds a little sterile, but it's been really amazing. You know, this community is is really baller, and it's really cool to see you know all of the things and ideas that everybody has. Um, and that's been really uh, yeah. I've just over the past week, I've just had a a really big grin on my face talking with so many talented uh, and driven folks that, you know, all kind of see the vision and are, are pushing Thorchain forward. Yeah. That, that is a really cool vantage point. And uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I can relate. I know how awesome it is to have conversations with ecosystem builders and developers and contributors. Uh, and uh, that was like the basis for the podcast is like the delight that you have in, in, in these conversations. So that's really cool. Um, Awesome. So we have a couple, uh, a couple Ryan's on stage now. Let's go with Ryan, uh, Ryan Malia. Um, Ryan, can you hear us? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, just quick question on, uh, Tara and, and Luna coming. So I just want to make sure I understand this correct. Um, obviously I know that that enables Luna to be shared on there and UST to be shared. Um, but does it also open up the ability for people potentially to, like start doing like the Terra alts or any of the other tokens in there, or just kind of maybe clarify how that might work or, or, if, or if that is accurate. Yeah. I'll throw something out. So the, the initial tool might be something like us. Yeah. Uh, your mic. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was going to say the, the initial pools might be something like UST and Luna. However, based on kind of the aggregator pattern, like we were sharing, we can we can add additional pools, but what we can also do is start to use that pattern of aggregation to route through long tails using Thorchain. So we can still take uh, take advantage of like of of the volume coming through those long tail assets. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And just to just to add to that, we're we're just we're only going to be starting out with um with with Luna and UST for now. Um, I've read somewhere at uh, Chad Barraford st- stated that UST will be the only supported CW20 token. Um, so unless something changes with that, um, you know, we don't want to, you know, add smart contract risk if we don't have to. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that other um, Terra based uh, DEXs will still be the best places to, um, to, to, to get liquidity for all of the Terra alts. Um, so we can, you know, set up some sort of DEX aggregator through those ecosystems as well. Um, I'm, I'm still of the opinion. I don't know. There, there, there's, there's different like schools of thought on this within the the ecosystem, but like, I still think that Thorchain's most valuable add to just blockchain and cryptocurrency as a whole is its ability to do cross chain swaps for L1s. Um, because then once you're in the L, the native L1 currency, you can take advantage of that entire ecosystem to, you know, those, those ecosystems have their own native DEXs that are already full of liquidity. Um, so it, A, it doesn't really make sense to, to, um, to compete with those, um, those, um, ecosystems on liquidity. We'd rather see, um, those, you know, liquidity deeper, um, where, it, you know, makes the most sense. Um, but also it, it kind of takes away from the, the, amount of available economic security for Thorchain as a whole for other L1s, right? So we are we can only add as much um, assets into Thorchain as is covered by bond. 
um, as many people know. And so it's really a trade, it's a trade off, right? If we wanted to bring, uh, and so there are certain exceptions, right? Like WBTC kind of makes sense. Um, USDT, uh, USDC, like I think stables kind of have their place as well. Um, you know, the counterpoint to this is, of course, like um, Thor Fi would allow you to trade, um, you know, a synthetics of any ERC-20 um, uh, basically with instant finality, right? So you could go um, on to, um, you could go on to like ThorSwap, for example, and be trading, um, you know, um, Yearn or like Ave, Kylan, whatever, with instant finality and like very low fees if there's a pool for that on, on Thor chain. So, you know, I, I, I kinda, I kinda go both ways. Like ThorFi is really awesome and being able to like get rid of the fees on, on especially ERC 20 tokens um, is one thing, but um, you know, at, at the end of the day, like I would rather just see really, really deep UST Luna Bitcoin ETH BNB um you know, the L1 pools, because there's those, those ecosystems are always going to have better liquidity um, than I think ThorChain could ever really offer. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a tricky thing, right? Because like um, Uniswap, for example, doesn't have to like secure assets because assets are secured by the EVM, which is secured by the Ethereum network and its miners, right? So like they don't have any of the same problem of, of bond. Um, and so at least like in t- unless you know, unless Rune flips Bitcoin, um, uh, which would would be great for everyone, um, but you know, we, there's always going to be more liquidity than bond, um, and so as long as that holds true, like we need to be sort of selective about where we, how we, um, like how we apportion security on Thorchain to those different L ones, um, and you know, that, I don't know that it even makes sense to have uh, a 2 million or like, you know, I'm looking at 20s on here right right now, like the Kylan pool has like 250K of liquidity uh, and zero volume. Why would anyone ever come to ThorChain to swap Kylan, pay 3X fees um, on Ethereum when they could get a better price and pay less fees on Suzy Swap? Um, so, you know, there's always going to, we're, we're going to have to figure out like long term how to incentivize um, pools that are the mo- that have the most utility and are are going to drive the most volume. Yeah, I mean, I think the the liquidity portion of it wouldn't make sense. It was more kind of asking, uh, like, kind of the the if I'm understanding the, the the technicals of if if the Terra ecosystem is enabled, then technically those things could move over there, but it wouldn't really make sense to to build the liquidity there, right? Yeah, just to kind of echo uh, Pluto for a second, um, I'm, I feel like I'm personally understanding it a bit better recently and leaning more towards what Pluto just described because it seems like it kind of, um, you know, saps some potential from what ThorChain is able to secure. Um, and it doesn't really add that much because you're still going to be able to route the way you're describing just through these various aggregators. So, you know, if you wanted a Astro pool, like... Yeah, it theoretically could be on Thorchain directly, or it could just in one single swap still have access to it by routing through Lunar UST.
Awesome. Uh, Ryan, thank you for the question. Um, we had another Ryan on stage, but it looks like he dropped out, but in no. of him. Oh, wait, no. I think, I think this is the right Ryan. <laughs> Ryan right. Sovereign. Yeah. Good catch. Yeah. Hey guys. Yep. I'm here. I just wanted to say, uh, I'm, I'm from the dash community. I don't know if you talked at all about it. I came in a little bit late, but, um, we're very excited about the integration with ThorChain coming up. So thank you guys for, um, for bringing that on and, uh, yeah, in case you didn't see already in, in, in your Discord, there are a lot of people that are really excited about this, really excited about uh, just being able to do the cross-chain L1 DEX swapping and, uh, yeah, giving giving people that, that might be more inclined to hold something like Ethereum or Bitcoin, giving them a really easy access point to be able to spend uh, spend crypto spend their crypto by exchanging through ThorChain into Dash and then uh, have access to kind of our target market, which is the spending spending of crypto. So just wanted to say thanks. And, and you know, if, if somebody wanted to mention anything about timeline, I'm sure nobody would be, nobody would complain about uh, getting an update on what, what the expected timeline would be. Not sure if anyone from Nine Realms has any comment there. I I I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but it's great to hear that people are excited about Dash. I, I'm I'm personally not too familiar with it, but I'm definitely seeing so much excitement from the Dash community. So it's great to see that people are excited to be integrated with Thorchain. Yeah, the inbound actually that's one of the strongest community led efforts that we've seen on on any of this stuff. So pretty stoked to get it synced up. Anyways, on that side, we definitely have to follow up and get a little bit uh and that's probably another piece of coordination on on the nine realm side that we need to that we need to start spearheading. So anyways, um don't have a timeline, but I think it'll be probably one of the first community led uh connections, so probably in the near term. Uh but either way, we'll need to follow up on that. Awesome. Thank you Gavin and, and thank you Ryan. Yep. Yep. Thanks guys. Awesome, sir. Uh next we have a uh, Nervin Hi there. Um, so I have two questions. First one was uh, with the Terra slash uh, UST integration. Is there any? Are there any plans to integrate the Thorchain backend with uh, Terra Station? Um, because there's like it has an amazing UI, and a lot of people are already familiar with it. So I, I feel like it could it, it could get us a lot of volume if we could just directly integrate BTC to other, uh, you know, just uh, Thorchain backend. So I was wondering whether uh, any plans there. I'll throw it out there from our standpoint is integrations like that are our front and center of our focus. Um, nothing's lined up exactly quite yet, but that's part of what's on our, on our focus. Perfect. And the other, uh, other point I wanted to make was I also saw this on our, uh, Thorchain discord group, but, uh, I was also having a, a problem with uh, a couple of days ago, swapping, um, uh, Bitcoin to, um, rune or to other, uh, coins using my ledger device device with, uh, ThorSwap. So I was wondering, like, whether, you know, like these kinds of UX issues will be addressed before we go to mainnet, because it was it was impossible for me to use my ledger device to swap Bitcoin to Rune, which is uh, which was a frustrating experience. From what I've seen a bit, and I'm not on the dev team or anything, but it sounds like that is being getting quite high in priority. I, I believe it's on XDeFi's roadmap for February or March for Bitcoin ledger integration. So it sounds like 
that should work itself out rather quickly. Uh, and I agree. I, I I'm excited for that on a personal level, and I think that a lot of people, especially especially Bitcoin, right? I mean, it kind of just suits the Bitcoin ethos. Like you want to be able to use a ledger. So, um, but yeah, I would say per, to probably watch XDefi on that um, in particular. Cool. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Uh, last but not least, we have um, Said or Syed. In theory, we have Syed. Uh, and maybe we don't have Syed. <laughs> Syed, you might have to just uh, hit the, oh, yeah, the unmute. The mute, unmute button. But, um, Bottom left. And, well, uh, uh, or a uh, last call for maybe one more question if anyone's uh, eager to press the request button. <laughs> cool. We have a crypto surfer here. Uh, crypto surfer if you're with us you can hit the, un Sir, the, the sorry about that guys um super quick question do you guys have any comments on thor wallet um comments in on what in particular uh how closely are, are you guys working with them at all in their development or you know i've been impressed with some of their integration i was just curious if you guys had any thoughts on them I mean, from a, from a personal and team standpoint, they're awesome humans. Um, so like in terms of ecosystem, they've been great to work with. Yeah. Yeah. I'll echo that. Um, you know, I host a, a podcast uh, called the Rune-Based Podcast, and I interviewed Marcel, the founder and CEO of Explore Wallet, uh, earlier this week, like two or three days ago. Um, awesome conversation, great guy, and um, and a great ecosystem partner. And they uh, that podcast will be going live um, early next week on Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and so, you know, it's like an hour conversation just about the work that they're doing and, and uh, his story. And so, yeah, you can, you can dive deeper on Thor wallet, um, on, on that podcast and yeah, yeah. We love him as an ecosystem partner. Great. Thanks guys. Our pleasure. Um, all right. I got a couple more here. Douglas, you on, uh, Douglas, when you hear us, Hey, can you hear us, Douglas? Oh, hey guys. Yeah, I think I have a little bit of delay here. Just wanted to say, uh, similar to the to the Dash guy, just super excited that you guys will be integrating with Monero. Uh, Monero community is very excited. Uh, I just wanted to throw out an offer. We're we're having uh, a Monero conference April seventh in Miami, and I was trying to get in touch with somebody from. Uh, the Thor team that might be interested in coming to speak, particularly looking for somebody that can come and kind of talk about more of the technicals, what's involved with uh, integrating with Monero. Uh, I know you guys are working with Cake Wallet and Haven. I see Haven is here as well. Haven will be uh, yeah will be at the conference. Somebody will be representing Haven as well. But it would just be amazing to have you guys and have you in the room with a bunch of other you know Monero folk and and see where it leads and to you know kind of hear more about the technicals awesome that sounds fun miami with a bunch of monero folk <laughs> that would be it would be a good time yeah and there's been some amazing work done with the with the crypto note side of this um kind of in the back channels um but yeah we'll, we'll surface this with the with core guys too and see see who can make it down there thanks for the invite too yeah greatly appreciate it just uh i i don't know let me know who i should follow up with or you know Feel free to, I mean, feel free to DM any, literally anybody who's on this call, whether it's Pluto, Ryan, Chad, myself, or Saigon, honestly, and, and we'll, we'll start looping it in and see who can round up. Amazing. Thank you guys. 
Awesome. Arno, how's it going? Uh, we see what you've been doing to rile up the Doge community. <laughs> we love it. You have a question? Um, yes, thank you. Yes, um, I appreciate you guys uh, putting Doge on there. And uh, we keep trying to, you know, educate people because um, ThorChain literally brings so much awesomeness to Dogecoin. I'm extremely excited. My question is a little unrelated to Doge and it's more so ThorChain. Um, I've been having really difficult, like impossible time swapping Bitcoin for Rune for the past 24 hours. I think there was a report about a V70, I think, like some sort of a issue with reporting. And my question is more so like, is there a timeline on that um, getting resolved? Sorry, sorry. What? What? You're you're not able to swap Bitcoin for Rune. What? What wallet are you using? I'm using Thor Wallet. Um, I get uh, the message like failed to broadcast or something like that. I I don't get the broadcasting happening. Um, and I have a friend who has the same issue. And I was wondering if that's related to the comment from earlier. Somebody said that they able to swap Bitcoin for Rune. So I was just kind of checking. Maybe that's the same thing. And if if so, if there's like some no. sort of timeline. No, the, the, so DoorSwap also had that issue. I think that, um, so like, oh, yeah, this is, it's interesting. Um, all the UIs like kind of connect to the various chains in their own way. Um, so like, unless the UIs are all running, are like running their own Bitcoin full node, they're probably broadcasting to like SoChain or like some other public RPC endpoint. And I know that ThorSwap had an issue with um, like a core, like a core's, you know, cross origin um, requests um, being blocked from, you know, um, basically their, their domain. Um, and so they had to like get on with their support. Um, but I'm guessing that Thor wallet is running into the same issue. So I would, I would raise that with them. I'm not really sure what their support channel is, but, um, that's going to be a Thor wallet issue, not a Thor chain issue. Understood. Thank you. I will direct that question, um, to them. And then I guess I know we're trying to wrap up and this, I hope this is a quick question. I noticed that when Dogecoin was added, um, there were some outages, like Thor wallet wasn't ready. Um, and you know, there were some issues. My question is like, um, do you guys work in advance with um, other developers who support that um, ecosystem? And is there like a like a way to make those um, you know changes smooth and um, to where there's no outages and more so like a, I guess to work like a like clockwork at some point. Again, that may be a Thorwald issue, uh, but just checking. Yeah. So what, uh, what what Pluto had mentioned kind of at the beginning of the call around, there's the protocol side, which is making sure all everything is just buttoned up uh, at the protocol level, you know, to make sure, you know, base level swaps working and all that stuff is just happening at Thorchain and Bifrost and Thornode, you know, like the, the, the basic the basic level there. When you move up the stack, you start getting into things like Midgard and then higher up, you've got like um, the wallet integrations products. And so one of the things that on whether it's the core or the nine realm side, we are, we're really focused on on each one of these rollouts is making sure that we have one or two partners in the ecosystem from a UX perspective and a UI perspective who are integrated and ready to roll with this. So just just a like we're we're getting those kinks worked out in the system. But with Doge, you saw it like there was a really good ecosystem lineup in terms of some of the wallets that were ready to go. Um, but that's just something that'll continue to smooth out as we as we add new chains. Is 
uh, just making sure that it's a really smooth process from protocol up, but we want zero blockers on top of the protocol. But once that's kind of like, as that clears up, we'll make sure that there's folks north in the stack who can, who can facilitate a really good experience for swapping for, for individuals. Thank you so much. You guys rock. Keep up the great work. All right. Thank you. Yeah, that, we have, actually, uh, that too, that brings up a really, a really good, um, a really good point about, um, just like usability and, um, cause like people come, like people use Thorchain and they think that it, it, like that you're just using Thorchain, but in reality, you're using like every other chain as well. Um, so like when you, if you try to swap, swap Bitcoin for Rune, you're like, you're not actually interacting with Thorchain directly. You act, you actually have to submit a trans a Bitcoin transaction that tells Thorchain which Rune address to send your Rune to or whatever other asset you're trying to swap to. Um, so that just kind of like gave me an idea like that we need to, like either Thornode or or Nine Realms, you know, itself needs to offer like some sort of proxy service to all the different chain clients, um, which could then be used by those respective UIs to kind of bypass some of the more centralized services. So, um, yeah, we will we will get on that. We'll we'll offer that to the ecosystem so that um, so that like they can you know basically have somewhere to route through because you know it, it's just it's 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 tough to rely on um on on some of those more centralized services um so yeah we'll we'll get across that thanks thanks for raising that thank you as well thank you awesome yeah. thank you arna um Stu, we have our last two questions here and then we can wrap for the for the afternoon but uh marty showstall so i have a question about Haven and then a Haven Terra question, I guess. So could you explain a little bit about the Haven integration? Is it gonna include, you know, all the Haven tokens? And then assuming that it does, am I gonna be able to bring, you know, my UST out of Terra and find a pool for UST XUSD? And uh, thank you for taking my question. So anybody can feel free to pile onto this one, but so I can, the, the base, the base asset integration I can speak to in terms of progress there, but in terms of which pools we'll have, like in terms of the Haven assets, um, I don't exactly know what the plan of action is yet. Hey, it's, we've kind of got the, the immediate future for us right now is laser focused on, um, getting Terra and that ecosystem connected up. Um, we've got a few community ones, but I know Haven's on the, on the, on the like roadmap just beyond that. And so in terms of the specific liquidity pools and assets that'll be supported immediately, um, don't exactly know, but we can follow up on that here in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. And uh, Marty, did you say you had another question related to Haven and, and Thorchain? No, it was a UST, but oh, sorry. he answered it and thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Marty. Um, all right. And last but not least, Crypto Surfer. Oh, you already answered my question. Thank you. All right. There is a, um, there is one text question on the tweet itself. Uh, if we want to hit that. Um, yeah. Can you, can you, uh, yeah. It, uh, I had it. One uh, question for spaces. Why this is more of a technical question. <clears throat> why doesn't Thorchain use transfers on ETH, but instead uses smart contract calls. All other chains use transfers to an Asgard vault. Why is it done different on ETH? It 
increases gas by almost two X with transfers. It should be as cheap as Uniswap. Any thoughts? This is one of those questions where it'd be great to have Chad and some of the other guys who are working deeper on, <laughs> on the core on, the, on this one. Agreed. Um, but don't want to throw anything out from left field uh, without it being accurate. Sounds good. We can always shelve that one maybe for, for next week. Awesome. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, if there's nothing else. Um, yeah, guys. Uh, well, I guess uh, Nine Realms Crew, is there anything else you guys want to closing words for the for the week? Best is yet to come. Day zero. Love it. Best is yet to come. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, there's nothing else. That wraps up this week's Thorchain Weekly live stream. You'll be able to find the recording at the Runebase podcast, runebase.org. Um, as always, uh, Chad, folks from Nine Realms, thank you guys for, uh, for, for attending, for taking the time uh, out of your day to, to spend this with us. Yeah, exciting times for Thorchain. Thanks to everyone for tuning in, and we'll do it again next week. Thanks, Saigon. Thank you, guys. And Thorchain out. Peace.